Do you know that from your position you can change a situation? Do you also know that you are the master over the created world and that you are meant to rule over everything God has made? Listen carefully to Pastor Shegun Obaji as he brings to you with simplicity and clarity the message of the new creation realities in Christ Jesus. Be blessed as you listen. Considering the ministry of the word, can we say that together? Say the ministry of the word. Out loud, out loud. Say the ministry of the word. All right, the ministry of the word. And um, we have seen what the word is. The word of God is life. It gives life. When the word of God is preached, life is ministered to those who hear it. And when you receive the word of God, you are made alive. Glory to God. You are made alive. The word of God gives life. Amen. And then we also see from God's word that God and his word are one. God and his word are one. Whatever God is, his word is. Whatever God can do, his word can do. Whatever is in God is in God's word. That means everything that God is and can do, the word is and can do also. Praise the Lord. And then we see that the word of God is called the word of life because God himself is the life. In 1 John chapter 1, quickly, and verse 1, 1 John chapter 1 and verse 1, it says, that which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, and our hands have handled of the word of life. And then in verse 2, it tells us, it says, For the life was manifested, and we have seen this life, and bear witness and show unto you that eternal life that was with the Father and was manifested unto us. Now, it tells us that God himself is the eternal life. Speaking of Jesus, the living word. The same one who is the eternal life is called the word of life. So everything God is, his word is. God is life. The word of God is the word of life. Philippians chapter 2 and verse 16. The Bible tells us, it says, holding forth the word of life. It calls the word of God the word of life. That means when God speaks, because God is life, because God is the life, because he is the eternal life, when he speaks, the word that proceeds out of his mouth carries the character of God, the DNA of God, the gene of God, which is life. So the word of God is called the word of life. Come on, say the word of life. The word of life. Again, we understand that God is the God of all grace. God is the God of all grace. 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 10, it tells us that God is the God of all grace. And because he is the God of all grace, his word is the word of grace. His word is the word of grace. God is the God of all grace. He is full of grace. He is full of truth. And when he speaks, 
the word that comes out of his mouth carries his grace, who he is. The character of God is in that word. And so that when you identify with the word and you begin to receive the ministry of the word of God, you understand that you are actually interacting with God. Everything God is, his word is. Are you following what I'm saying here? Everything that is in God is in the word. So God is the God of all grace. His word is the word of grace. Acts of the Apostles chapter 20 and verse 32. All right, Paul says, and now, brethren, I commend you to God and to the word of his grace. Word of his grace. Word of his grace. So the word of God is the word of his grace. In verse 24 of that same chapter, he calls the gospel of Jesus Christ the gospel of the grace of God. You see it? So the, because God is the God of all grace, when he speaks, his word carries his grace, carries his power carries everything that he is. So he is life. His word is the word of life. He is the God of all grace. His word is the word of his grace. Praise God. Again, we understand from the Bible that God is righteousness. First Corinthians 1 and verse 30 tells us that God has made Jesus, our dear Lord and Savior, unto us righteousness. And because he is righteousness, when he speaks... His word is the word of righteousness. His word is the word of righteousness. So that means the righteousness that he is, that is in him, is ingrained in his word. His word is the carrier of that righteousness. So when you hear the righteous one speak to you, the word of righteousness is communicated to you, communicating his righteousness to you. Everything God is, his word is. Glory to God. Hebrews chapter 5, quickly, and verse 13. We're just laying the foundation here so we can uh, take off from here. Hebrews chapter 5 and verse 13, it says, For everyone that useth milk, he says he's unskillful in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. He calls the word of God, what? The word of righteousness, the teaching of righteousness, the doctrine of righteousness. Because the God who speaks this word, his righteousness. He himself is righteousness. He is our righteousness. Glory to God. So the word of God is the word of righteousness. Again, we understand from God's word that God is a faith God. That is his character. The Bible tells us in Romans chapter 4 and verse 17. Romans chapter 4 and verse 17. He says, as it is written, I have made thee a father of many nations. Before him whom he believed, speaking of Abraham, even God, God who makes alive or quickeneth the dead and calleth those things which be not as though they were. So you see, God is a faith God. The Bible says he calls those things that be not as though they were. And so when he speaks, his faith is communicated to us through his word. And that's why the Bible calls his word the word of faith. Because God is a faith God. In Romans chapter 10, you start reading from verse 8. The Bible tells us, but what said it? The word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth and in thine heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. He calls the word of faith. He calls God's word the word of faith. The word of faith. Why? Because it's spoken by 
the faith God. God is a faith God. And so when he speaks, faith is communicated through his word. Don't forget where we're coming from. Everything God is, his word is. Everything that is in God is in his word. The word of God is actually a carrier of God himself. The character of God. The DNA of God. Hallelujah. The gene of God is in his word. So the word of God is called the word of faith. Because God is a faith God. In verse 17 of that same um, chapter, Romans chapter 10 and verse 17, it says, so then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So you see the word of God, you know, imparting faith, you know, at new birth. God's word brings faith. It ministers faith. Glory to God. Because God who speaks, he's a faith God. So whatever he says carries his faith nature carries his faith life, carries his faith character. So his word expresses him, his faith life. Glory to God. So the word of God is the word of faith because God himself is a faith God. Again, we understand from scriptures that God is almighty. God is almighty. Genesis chapter 17 and verse 1, he revealed himself to Abraham as the almighty God. That means he's all powerful. God is all powerful. And the Bible tells us in Psalm 62 and verse 11. Psalm 62 and verse 11. It says, God hath spoken once, twice have I heard this, that power belongeth unto God. Power belongeth unto God. And because God is all-powerful, God is almighty, when he speaks, his word extends to us or to the hearer, recipient of that word, his almighty power, his grace, his glory, his majesty. Praise God. And that's why the Bible calls God's word the word of his power. In Hebrews chapter 1 and verse 3, it tells us, it says, that who being the brightness of his glory, speaking of Jesus, the anointed one, and the express image of his person, and upholding all things by the word of his power. How many things? All things. By what? The word of his power. Come and say the word of his power. All right. Jesus was teaching on a certain day in Luke chapter 5 and verse 17. The Bible says while he was teaching, the power of God was present to heal them. Why? Because as he was teaching, speaking God's word, the powerful one, the almighty one, speaking God's word, was speaking forth power. Was speaking forth the word of of power. Glory to God. And that same word of power is also known as the gospel of the anointed one. The gospel of Christ. In Romans chapter 1 and verse 16, the Bible tells us, Paul speaking, he says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth to the Jew first and also to the Greek. So he says the word of God is the power of God unto salvation. The gospel of Christ, the anointed one. The anointed one. God's chosen one. God's powerful one. God's anointed one. When he speaks, his word is the power of God unto salvation. It brings salvation effortlessly. Because there's power in God's word to fulfill itself. God's word has ability and power to make itself good. Isaiah 55, quickly. We'll start reading here from verse 10. Let's look at it. We're laying the foundation 
for us to know that the word of God and God are one and everything God is, the word is. The power that is in God is in the word. The grace that is in God is in the word. The life that is in God is in the word. The righteousness that is in God is in the word. Everything that God is, his word is. Glory to God. It says, Isaiah 55 and verse 10 quickly. It says, for as the rain cometh down and the snow from heaven and returneth not thither but watereth the earth and maketh it to birth, to bring forth and birth that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. He says, so shall my word be that word forth out of my mouth. He says, it shall not come back to me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please and it shall prosper in the thing whereto I sent it. That tells you the word of God has the ability to make itself good. It is not void of power to perform. It is not void of ability to make itself good. So God's word has power to perform that which he talks about. Can someone say amen to that? Why? Because God is almighty. God is all powerful. God is almighty. God is all powerful. So his word is almighty and his word is all powerful. There's a scripture I want to bring to your mind very quickly so we understand what is in God's word. When God's word comes to you, what is in it? All right? Um, Revelations quickly. Chapter 19 and verse 10. What is in God's word? And I fell at his feet. This is John here. To worship him. Wanted to worship the angel. And he said unto me, See thou do it not. For I am thy fellow servant. And of thy brethren. That have, have the testimony of Jesus. Worship God. For the testimony of of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. The testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Now, the Bible speaks of the spirit of prophecy. God is the spirit of prophecy. Hallelujah. God is the spirit of prophecy. The Bible says in Joel chapter 2 and verse 28, it shall come to pass in the last days that God is going to pour out his spirit upon all flesh he says, your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. He says, your, your old men shall dream dreams. He says, your young men shall see visions. Praise the Lord. Now, this is the prophetic. All right? Sons and daughters prophesying, speaking the word of God, speaking by the utterance that the Holy Spirit gives, speaking forth the mind of God. That's prophetic. When you say something is prophetic, it simply means that it is actually in line with God's mind. It is in line with God's thoughts. It is actually in line with God's will for the moment, for the hour. For the moment, for the hour. Glory to God. It is relevant for the moment, for the hour. God's mind, God's thoughts for the moment, for the hour. You know, when something is prophetic, you know, it does not have to be weird. Praise God. Amen. You know, say lift up one leg and then, you know, begin to jump around and do something weird. No. All right. Prophecy of the prophetic is the bringing forth, the birthing of God's mind, of God's purpose for the moment. That means you tap into it by the Holy Ghost and you know what is God's will for the now. And then you speak it into manifestation. 
that is the prophetic. Glory to God. And the Bible tells us that the testimony of Jesus Christ is the spirit of prophecy. It tells you that the God who is the spirit of prophecy, who testifies of Jesus Christ, he actually testifies of him by the word of prophecy. Little wonder the Bible calls the word of God in 2 Peter chapter 1 and verse 19, a more sure word of prophecy. That means when you hear the word of God, the spirit of prophecy, that's who God is. He's now communicating the prophetic to you in his omniscience. He knows all things. He knows everything at once. Now he's communicating to you through his word that which you ought to know per time and how that your life must come into perfect alignment with his will for that moment. He begins to speak to you prophetically so that when you leave church or leave the place of hearing God's word, you know what to do. You know what to do at that time. You know what to do for that moment. Praise the Lord. You know what to do. Prophetic. So the word of God is the word of prophecy. He says, we have also a more sure word of prophecy, whereunto ye do well that ye take heed, as unto a light that shineth where? In a dark place, until the day dawn and the day star arise in your heart. Now, anytime you hear God's word, you are not lost. The word of God locates you in God's plan for you. And it shows you where you are and how you can move from where you are to where you ought to be. Are we together? The word of God is relevant to your now. He's relevant to your moments, the moments of your life. It's prophetic. It's prophetic. So prophecy is in God's word. Amen. Let, let's take stock quickly. All right. What is in God's word? Number one is the word of his grace. So grace is there. Amen. Grace to help you to do everything that you need to do. Praise God. Number two, what is in God's word for us? Righteousness is there. The word of God aligns us with God's will. When it comes, there's righteousness in God's word. It aligns us with the will of God. You just come into alignment with God's plan. Glory to God. There's righteousness in the word of God. Amen. Number two, what is in it for us? Faith. I'm telling you that one. You know, you hear God's word and you are convinced that it is well with you. You are convinced that, look, this is a done deal. You know that you know that you know that God has settled this thing. So you begin to take steps in the light of that solid conviction in your heart. What else is in God's word for us? Power is in the word of God. The word of God is powerful. Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 12 tells us, it says it is powerful. It is full of power. Glory to God. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. It says it's piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow. And it is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Hallelujah. So God's word is full of power. There's power to make itself good. Amen. There is no word of God that is helpless. When God's word is spoken, it goes into operation. Glory to God. The word of God is powerful. It can make itself good and it will make itself good. Can someone say amen to that? What else is in God's word for us? There's prophecy in God's word. The word of God is prophetic. The word of God is what? Prophetic. It is prophetic. 
Now, that means when you hear God's word, you know how to trace your step from where you are to the next level that God has prepared for you. It's prophetic. God's word locates you in God's plan for you. It's prophetic. It locates you in God's will for you. And then it can show you the roadmap from where you are to where you ought to be. So you can take steps according to the will of God. God's word is prophetic. When he's speaking to you, all right, you know that this is what is relevant in my life at this moment of my life. Praise God. It's prophetic. Very prophetic. Very prophetic. So we have six things in God's word for us. Amen. At least for now. A lot in there. There are a lot of genes in the word of God. Hallelujah. Praise God. The word of God is the wisdom of God. Amen. Praise God. That's the next thing we're going into. <laughs> Hallelujah. The image of God's word. Hallelujah. How it brings us into pictures. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Now, we want to look at the operations of the word of God. How does the word of God operate? How does the word of God operate? Because you have to understand how it operates so you can partner with the word intelligibly. If you don't know how the word operates, you cannot partner with it intelligibly. Now, this is how the word of God operates. Number one, the word of God operates as a seed. That means it's seed-like in operation. The word of God operates as a seed. A seed. First Peter chapter 1 and verse 23 tells us that we were born again, not of the corruptible seed, but of the incorruptible seed by the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. Now you understand that every seed must be sown for you to realize its potentials. The seed must be sown. So the word of God must be sown in our hearts. If the word is not sown in your heart, there's no way that you can receive the power inherent in the word. The power embedded in the word. So the word must be received. Don't forget that. The same way a seed goes into the earth and the earth receives the seed. And then the seed now begins to walk in the earth, releasing its potential. And then germinates and begins to grow. The next thing is there will be one or two seasons and then harvest. Harvest here talks about the seed now producing fruits. Something visible. All right? Something visible. When the seed is buried into the earth, all right, it becomes invisible to the physical eyes. And then when the seed begins to germinate, you can see the seed is germinating. But it has not started producing fruit yet. So you have to be patient with the seedling. You have to be patient with the seedling. You don't say, well, I've heard God's word and it's like I'm not seeing the result yet. Understand how the word of God works. It works, you know, like a seed, as a seed. So it's seed-like in operation. So when the word is sown, the seedling comes out and then you see the seed begins to germinate. The farmer must be patient with the seed so that 
between the time of sowing and harvest, there's a time of watering. watering. You water and water and water until you see the harvest. Are we together? Amen. I remember when I began to receive God's word as touching certain things in my life, particularly in the area of my finances. I knew that I had received the word of prosperity into my heart, but I did not see the change immediately. But I knew something had happened on the inside of me, so I was patient. You see, faith is good, but it's not enough to obtain. You need faith and patience to obtain the promises of God. Are we we following what I'm saying here? So you have to be patient with the word. It must be sown first. And that's what a lot of people, you know, don't know. They are, they are too much in a hurry. They want this, you know, um, microwave operation. They just, just fix it. Just fix it fast, 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 fast. But the word of God does not work that way. All right? Have you seen any seed that is sown today and the next moment you, you, you begin to harvest the, you know, the crop from the seed? Have you seen any seed like that? It doesn't work that way. Look at James quickly. Chapter 1. And verse 21. James chapter 1 and verse 21. All right, it says, Wherefore lay apart or lay aside all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness and receive with meekness the engrafted. Another translation says, I believe it's the NKJV. It says, The implanted, all right, word which is able to save your souls. Did you see that? Implanted. Engrafted. Implanted. That means the word of God must be received first and then implanted. That means it is sown into your heart. Then you begin to water it. You begin to give thanks to God for it. You begin to confess it. You begin to meditate upon it. And you begin to give attention to it. And as you begin to do that, the harvest will come. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 4 and verse 20, it says, my son, attend to my words. That means give attention to my words. Let it be sown into your heart, in other words. Incline thine ear unto my saints. And then it goes on to say, let them not depart from thine eyes. It says, keep them where? In the midst of thine heart. Now, having done that, something is going to happen. Then it tells us, In the next verse, for their life to those who find them and health to all their flesh. So you see how it works here. You receive God's word into your heart and you guard your heart with all diligence. The Bible tells us, all right, in Proverbs chapter 4, look at verse 20. Okay, 23, thank you. It says, keep thy heart with all diligence. How much diligence? All diligence. Keep thy heart with, why? Why are you keeping your heart with all diligence? You see, if the word is not in your heart, That's cheap heart. You can go and trade it for nothing. But because the word is in your heart, you must guard your heart with all diligence. Because there's treasure in your heart. You see, thieves hardly break into hearts. Amen. Because there's nothing to steal there. Are you following what I'm saying here? But when you see a house that is well, you know, and it's like, okay, if we get into this house, we will get something. So that's why you see houses that have treasures in them. They are sick. You know, the owners of the house, they are security-minded because of what is in the house. Destiny is in your heart. Life is in your heart. The word is in your heart. Grace is in your heart. Prophecy is in your heart. 
So you don't just, you know, say, well, I will think any kind of thought that comes my way. No. Don't, don't chicken out. And don't chip in your heart. Your heart is valuable. If there was nothing in your heart, you could, you know, as well go to the market and just trade it for nothing. Are you following what I'm saying here? Huh? So destiny is in your heart. Life is in your heart. Glory to God. <laughs> Tap your neighbor say, what's in your heart? Ask your neighbor, what's in your heart? Tap someone else. Tap someone. What is in your heart? What's in your heart? Wait for that person to say something to you. What's in your heart? Amen. Your next level is in your heart. Amen. I, you see, the way I guide my heart, churches are in my heart. Mission fields are in my heart. You know what I'm saying? Ministry gifts are in my heart. Children are in my heart. Spiritual sons and daughters. So I don't allow malice and all those things coming. He says to keep the heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Are you following this now? Yeah, it's important. So having received the word of God, listen very carefully. The very moment the enemy sees that the word is sown into your heart, it will come for the word. Amen. Someone says, why? He loves to pick the words. He's a scavenger. He wants to pick the word. He wants to pick that word. That word that has been sown in your heart is a thief. He comes, he wants to pick it. Because the very moment people begin to receive God's word, listen very carefully. It is not about them anymore. It's about the word in them. The persecution that will come will come for the word's sake. That's why you see destiny people who are pregnant with the word. All right? They are pressurized on all sides. Why? Because of what they carry. There are some people, the enemy has already cornered them. So there's no pressure. All right? But for people who carry destiny, like you. All right? The enemy is coming and says, ah, you know, he's putting pressure on you. Listen very carefully. He's actually coming at you or against you because of the word. You know, the parable of the sower. In Mark 4 and Matthew 13, praise God, Luke 8. You can read it there. It shows us something profound here. Look at it. It says in verse 19 of Matthew 13, it says, When anyone heareth the word of the kingdom and understandeth it not, then cometh the wicked one and catcheth away that which was sown in his heart. This is he that which receives seed by the wayside. But this is not where we are even going. Read on. We're talking about persecution now, pressure. But he that received the seed into the stony places, the same is he that heareth the word and anon, meaning immediately, with joy receiveth it. Yet hath he not root in himself. All right? The Bible says being rooted and grounded in what? So if you don't have root in yourself, love work is shallow. Yet hath he not root in himself, but endureth for a while, for when tribulation, come on, say when. Notice he didn't say if. He says when. It's time, you know. It will come. Someone says, Lord, give me patience. God says, well, I will throw, or allow rather, some persecutions to come your way. <laughs> so you can be patient. 
Someone says, ah, why? I just want to be patient. It's the trying of your faith that works patience. It's the trying of your faith that works patience. Look at it. He says, yet had he not root in himself, but endured for a while, for when tribulation or persecution ariseth because of the word, by and by, he is what? Excuse me, why did persecution or tribulation arise? Come on now, because of the word. Because of the word. Amen. And let me say this to you. This is very important. This is what makes the difference between boys and men. Girls and women. Boys of God and men of God. Some don't transit from here through the persecution to the other side. They fall away. Are you following what I'm saying here? Uh When those trials begin to come. Listen, God just taught you about prosperity. You know the light of God's word is burning on the inside of you. Wow, I'm blessed. I'm the seed of Abraham. Glory to God. I see it now. I see it now. Jesus Christ became poor for my sake. Man, I see it, man. I see glory to God. That I, that I, come on, say hi. Oh, hallelujah. All right. That I might be rich. I'm rich, man. Praise God. And then the next moment, the bill is staring you in the face. (laughs) Praise God. So what are you going to do? You have an option. Either to stick with the word or take an alternative route or route. Praise God. And give up on the word. For some ladies, they are tested or tempted, you know, by the devil to do aristo. And, you know, just to make the money. But a man who understands how these things work, that the persecution didn't come for you. All right? If, it actually, if it's actually about you, all right, it would have come before you received the word. But it did not come because it's not about you. It's about what is in you. Hallelujah. (laughs) It wasn't about Joseph as much as it was about his dream. It was his dream that is in him. Amen. The dream in him, that that was the thing that attracted the enemy. Amen. Notice when he was coming afar off and his brethren saw him, notice they say, behold, Joseph cometh. He says, behold, the dreamer. It was a dream that he didn't like about him. He was a nice guy until he had a dream. <laughs> Are you following what I'm saying here? He was a cool-headed guy, ran errands for all his big brothers. Nobody hated him until he had a dream. And it wasn't like he cooked it up. It was God that gave him the dream. And the very moment the dream came into his heart and he shared his dream, he was hated by his brethren. You can see how when you are sharing the revelation, I have a great destiny. All right? You know what you are doing? It's like announcing war. That's why confession is a solid front. Confession is warfare. What did I say? Yes, it's warfare. Confession. I am blessed. 
or is warfare. Amen. And when you say that, listen very carefully. If you don't say it, if you don't say it, all right, you will not be tested to move from faith into patient faith that produces results. The very moment God announced at Jordan, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. The devil came after him. Amen. And the Bible says he was led into the wilderness. Because God had to put this thing to rest. There are places God will lead you to, to put this contention to rest. So that devils know that, look, you, you are higher and exceedingly abundantly much higher than all of them put together. Are you following what I'm saying here? Amen. God was showing me a map of my life. He called the life for me, wilderness. Amen. And then he showed me the next place to go. The Sea of Galilee. Someone says, where is that? The Sea of Galilee. You, you don't know. I know. Praise God. Are you following what I'm saying here? So God leads you. And let, let me tell you something. You don't have a productive a life-giving ministry yet until patient is worked out in you by the trying of your faith. Amen. Now, listen very carefully. When he left Jordan and was led into the wilderness, the Spirit of God was upon him. He was full of the Holy Ghost. Are we together? But the Bible didn't tell us that he was full of power. He was there in the wilderness he was fasting and praying. The devil came and said, if thou be the son of God, where did he get information from? Who told him? Amen. Where did he get information from? God had announced that Jordan. This is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. The very moment the word of prophecy comes to you, the enemy begins to come at you because of the prophecy that you have received. It's because of your dream that you have haters. It's because of your dream. God gave you a dream. And that dream, listen very carefully, you need the haters to help you advance into destiny. All things, man. You need the haters. You need to be, you know, for some of you, you need to be hated so badly and sold so you can fulfill your destiny. All right? Amen. Some of you are looking like Joseph to me. Praise God. Hallelujah. Do you know that the hatred was to advance him? <laughs> Amen. God is almighty. He's omniscient. Amen. He knows all things. He's the only wise God. I, I always say this to some people. I say, look, there are some things in your life you will never know. You will never come to the understanding of them except by persecution. Someone says, Why? Do you know patience is a form of spiritual knowledge? Hello? It is. How can you know patience without tribulation? Without the trying of your faith? So you see, the Indomie Christianity is not going to take you beyond your father's house. Are you following what I'm saying here? Joseph, Indomie Christianity won't take you beyond the father's house. <laughs> you need some people to bully you a little bit. 
All right? But while you trust God, as they are bullying you, they are actually pushing you into destiny. Then you find yourself in Potiphar's house. And then from there to the prison. You are not, it's not getting worse. It's actually getting better. It's just a step from, you see, because there was no butler, there was no cup bearer, amen, baker, I mean, and butler at Potiphar's house. They were in the prison. So he had to get there to interpret their dreams. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, psh. Someone says, I don't know what's happening to me. Is it getting, getting worse? No, no. It's getting better. <laughs> Trust in the Lord with all your heart. <laughs> you know, you see, this is, you, see, you see prophecy in God's word. It's locating some people. You just know, okay, so it's not getting worse. It's getting better. Glory to God. Slap someone, double high five, say it's getting better. Double, 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 not single, double. Say it's getting better. Hallelujah. Are you following this now? So you see, these things, these things will happen. I remember when I finished NYC, all right, and I was praying, Lord, what next? The Lord spoke to me. If you want to reach your goal in life, at most, spend three days in your mother's house. Because my dad was late then, you know. In your mother's house. Okay, no, he wasn't late. He wasn't late. He was not, he was not around. Praise God. <laughs> it, you know, it was, you know, I think towards our wedding... All right, it was after our wedding that, you know, he went to be with the Lord. But he was not around. Thank you for reminding me. Are we together? So he says, don't spend at most three days. When I got back home, I told my mom, I said, well, I'll be leaving the following day. She said, why? I said, that's what God told me. She didn't like the idea. But listen very carefully. When it comes to fulfilling destiny, you must be able to tell the difference between those who love you for who you are to them in the light of what they think you are and those who love you for who you are to them in the light of destiny, your destiny, your destiny. Are you following what I'm saying here? If Joseph had come to Jacob and had said to him, Sir, the Lord is leading me to Egypt. <laughs> he said, I know the Lord is not leading you to Egypt. You should stay here. Are you following what I'm saying here? And that's why when God is revealing your future to you, he does not tell you what is in between where you are and where it's taking you. He only shows you the end from the beginning. Because if it, it shows you the process, you don't want to fulfill destiny anymore. <laughs> you mean I'll be thrown into the pit? Say, oh Lord, give that dream to Levi. <laughs> Leave Joseph alone. <laughs> you know, Reuben, Reuben has the bow chest. Let Reuben fulfill the dream. <laughs> so God won't tell you anything. You understand what I'm saying here? Uh-huh. So you can follow him a step at a time. And there are people here, God is leading you. 
Amen. After this meeting, after this message, God himself is going to lead you into a place that when you get there, you will look back and say, how did I get here? I always tell people, I said, look, let me tell you something. It's only God who can change evil into good. He can't. What they meant for evil, God turned it around. He turned it around. Are, are you following what I'm saying here? Uh-huh. If you will trust God, I always tell people, say, well, they hate me, they just leave all that. Don't hate them back. Just trust in the Lord. God has a way of sorting you supernaturally. Amen. I remember something happened. It was um, um, this great man of God, the one in the United States of America who preaches Jesus, Billy Graham. Thank you. Praise God. Hallelujah. The first person he proposed to, amen, the person said, no, I can't marry someone like you. Never. All right? And then, he said, all right, no problem, thank you. And then turned to another lady and proposed to her. She said, well, you are the kind of man I've been waiting for all my life. I love you. So they started out together. Praise God. Years after, he was ministering all around the United States of America. And that lady was one of the attendants, all right, at the hotel where he lodged. Himself and the wife was there. And then he saw her. And she said, oh, you remember me? I said, yes, I do. I know that. You know, blah, blah, blah. I said, how? So you are a great man now. I would say, thank you. God bless you. How are you doing? All right, God will help you with what you're doing. <laughs> and then told the wife. You remember what I told you the other time about a lady that I, you know, I proposed to? She said, no to me. All right. That's the lady. The lady we met on our way into our room. She said, really? I have to meet her. And then she went to her and said, thank you so very much for saying no (laughs) to my husband. All right? God will bless you. Are you following what I'm saying here? Someone says, well, someone broke my heart. Did you give your heart to the person? Why should people break your heart? You see, let me tell you something. Put your heart in the hands of God. Any man who loves you must locate God to locate your heart. And you see, the person will be loving your heart in God's hand. Nobody can break your heart. Can somebody say, I hear? It's simple. Let's go on, please. (laughs) Amen. So the word is seed. You have to be patient. Be patient with God. Don't rush. Be patient with God. Be patient with God. Don't give a quick kiss. All right? At God. Bye-bye. 
You remember Afra's kiss? But you see, Ruth was a faithful woman. If there's going to be any kiss, it's not a kiss of goodbye. It's a kiss of love and commitment. Be patient with God. God is up to something in your life. The word has been sown. It's a seed. All right? It's a seed. It's been sown in your heart. And listen very carefully. Be patient with God. This is how it works. The word is implanted. Be patient. And listen very carefully. Because the word is eternal, when it starts producing fruits, it produces fruits eternally. And that's why you see people who have received the word of prosperity, the word of God's grace, the word of God's love, and it's sown in their heart, and then it's, it has started producing fruits. You see, they just keep walking in affluence and grace, you know, with so much ease. And then you wonder, how are they doing it? Once upon a time, the word was sown in their heart. They were patient with the word. Through trials, through tests, through persecutions, through tribulations. They stand with the word and say, Lord, your word can keep me. I trust you. I trust you. And while they were going through that, trusting in the Lord, listen very carefully, God began to cause the word of God to produce in them. Now, they have gotten to the harvest stage of the ministry of God's word. They are harvesting what was planted in their hearts some years back, months back, weeks back. Are you following what I'm saying here? Uh-huh. Now, for those who have been patient with God's word, it now become, it comes with so much ease. Come on, say ease. Uh-huh. They do things with so much ease. And you wonder, uh-uh, this thing is so easy. Listen, young minister, be patient. You look at Pastor E. Adebo, he says, ah, ah, with so much ease. Yes. Follow in his steps. Follow in the steps of God's word that he has taken. You will get there. If you, you will be patient. That means you stick to the word. And say, Lord, your word will work in me. Your word will produce in me. Let me show you the scripture quickly. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 and verse 13. This is beautiful. It says, but we are bound to give thanks always to God for you, brethren, beloved of the Lord. All right. It says, for this cause also, thank we God without ceasing, because when ye received the word of God, which ye have heard of us, ye received it not as a as the word of man, but as it is in truth, the word of God, which, come on, can we, can we read that together? One, two, three, let's go. Which effectually worketh also in you that believe. You see that? It's now working in you. But you received it first. It was implanted first. It was engrafted first. And now it's working effectually in you. Be patient with the word. Be patient with the word. You see, let me tell you something. Great ministers of God are not spectacular. Great men in this world, in career, in business, in whatever, are not spectacular. They are only patient people. 
They work it and work it and work it and patient with it until it produces results. Amen. You cannot make your calling and election sure without giving all diligence to making it sure. That means you give all diligence. You work it, Lord, I trust you. And then you work it, and then you work it. The word is in your heart, is working. Father, thank you. You're rejoicing. You're giving thanks to God. You guard jealously that word, that seed in your heart. The enemy is putting pressure on you. Give up that seed. Give up that seed. Give up on God. Reject it. Don't take it anymore. Don't go to church anymore. They are deceiving you there. They are collecting your money. Give up, give up, give up. The word of prosperity has been sown in your heart. You have given your first seed. And then the second one, you have not seen any harvest yet. The Bible says we should not be weary in well-doing. For in due season, we shall reap if we faint not. Are you following what I'm saying here? Be patient with God's word. Don't jump. Don't jump. You see some people, they are just... Two or three steps to it, they just jump off the queue. Ah, I'm not doing anymore. And at the end of the day, they begin to do mushroom things that will not count. Instead of waiting patiently. 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 Judas was Jesus' apostle in Jerusalem. But he had just a few days more, amen, to become. Jesus is global apostle. But he couldn't hold on to get into it. Amen. He couldn't hold on. He sold his master for 30 pieces of silver. He couldn't hold on. The money he eventually could not spend. Why? Because he was not patient. Now don't forget... You remember, few days after, amen, days after, praise God. You know, Jesus was betrayed, you know, he died and all that. And then he was raised from the dead. For 40 days, he was speaking to his disciples of the kingdom of God. And then, you know, the feast of the tabernacle came. And counting from the feast of the tabernacle, 50 days. That was Pentecost. So what we're talking about here, all right, three plus 40, all right, plus some few days before the Feast of the Tabernacle, and then plus another 50. Less than four months. Amen. We saw what happened. They began to put money at the feet of the apostles. Do you know they would have put money at the feet of Judas too? Much more than 30 pieces of silver. Because that could only buy, I think, about two or three plots of land then. Praise God. It was, it was the potter's field. Potter's field that they used the money to buy. 30 pieces of silver. That was what he could buy. Amen. Look at what happened. The apostle Peter was leading about a sister, a wife. All bills paid. <laughs> Praise God. Traveling all around. From, you know, Jerusalem would travel to Antioch, to Judea. Amen. To Samaria. On the bill of grace. I believe that they enjoyed more than 30 pieces of silver. You can delay 
that so-called satisfaction or gratification. Are you following what I'm saying here? So you don't lose your destiny on, on, on a platter of porridge, a morsel of meat. Be patient with God. God is up to something. Don't rush out of divine schedule. Don't rush out of the prophetic destiny God has for you. He's doing something. You have received God's word. God's word is working in you. Don't give up on God. Don't give up on his word. Something is cooking on the inside. And when God will serve that meal to the whole world, they will look and say, wow. Wow. Look at what God is doing in this person's life. Look at, look at the glory of God. Are you following what I'm saying here? So God is up to something. Praise God. Oh, glory, 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 glory. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. And then the word of the Lord comes and says, you have been rejoicing, sowing in thousands. Now, I bless you with millions. He who is faithful in that which is least. He says, that same person will be faithful in that which is much. If you are not faithful in that which is least, who is going to give you much more than you're handling right now? Are you following what I'm saying here? And faithfulness in that which is least is faithfulness in money. Come on, say money. <laughs> the Lord spoke to me one time. He says, money is the least virtue in God's kingdom. That's the lowest. Are you following what I'm saying? It's the least. If you are not faithful in money, you can't be faithful in the anointing. God can't trust you with girls and men. Show me a man who is not faithful in money. He will not be faithful in anything else. Everything else. That means every other thing, he will fail woefully on those things. Why? Because he's not faithful in money. God puts something in your hand. He says, bring it. I want that money. You drop it. It's a test. Why is it that we have a lot of men of God around, but very few are up there? Have you, have you asked yourself that question? Why is it that we have few up and very many around? Amen. Not everybody is patient with God to go up. Amen. God is a lifter up of our head. <laughs> Promotion comes from him. Not from people. You may have one million fans on Facebook. If God has not lifted you, all right, they may like you, but that's not going to translate into prosperity. When God lifts a man, he lifts him. The man, he's lifted. Are you following what I'm saying here? Be patient with God. Let him walk in you. He's taking you through a process. Let him do it. Don't hurry out of it. Because listen very carefully. The lessons you don't learn now. Alright. When you are not on the job. When you get on the job. You have to learn it on the job. And that will cause some degree of setback on that job. You have to learn it before you go forward. So be patient with God. He's working in you. Let him do the work. 
For some people, he's dealing with pride. Amen? He's dealing with pride. He's dealing with pride. He's telling you that's not... You know, sometimes you see some people who are not even up to you in socioeconomic status. They are saying some things to you and you feel like, this person is me. And, and God says, listen to him. God will let people correct you and say, sit down. And then you are patient, you sit down and learn. And then you learn obedience through the things you allowed. You suffer. That God will bring you to a place where men may sit around you and sit on your head sometimes. And God will say, don't say a word. Don't say a word. For students here, God is teaching some people. Training you for marriage. They scatter your bed. And you come back, you, something is, ee! God says, calm down. Just make your bed and then go to bed. <laughs> Are you following what I'm saying here? And then you're, <laughs> and God says, relax. Because you see, that is somebody in your room. A time will come, all right, people all over the world they will begin to pass some very ugly comments about you. You're already used to that while growing up. So you stay focused on your assignment. You are not distracted. I look at Kennedy again. I was just wondering that this man, <laughs> I mean, a, a very fine man of God. I went online and I saw some ugly things people were saying about that fine man of God. You know, there are some people when they say some things, you know, of course, you, you just be like, well, it is well. You know what I'm saying? But this man, and they were saying ugly things and painting him black. And I said, Kennedy, Akin. And God said, he's left the scene. All right, that's their own business. He has fulfilled his assignment. But how did they fulfill his assignment? You know, God will toughen your skin. You understand? You'll be tough. You'll be a tough person. He'll take you through things you are tough. People are saying things and all that. God bless you. God bless you. You are doing your work. And they wonder, is he mad? Is he not hearing those things? You know where God is taking him from? Praise God. Patience. Let's all say patience. Let's tie this up quickly. James chapter 1. The word of God operates the same way the seed operates. It must be sown. The farmer must be patient. And then water it and water it until harvest time. You don't give up on your seed sown. Don't waste your effort. You have received the ministry of God's word, so you are patient. James chapter 1 and verse 2. Quickly. It says, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh what? Patience. Work at patience. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> the trying of your faith worketh patience. Oh, glory to God. Can we read this together into verse, verse 4? 
Alright, from verse 2. Let's read it together. One, two, three. Let's go read it out loud. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. Did you see that? Verse 4. Come on, let's read. But let patience have a perfect work, that ye may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. Now, you see the process here. He says, my brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations. In other words, tests and trials, afflictions and persecutions. When you fall into those things and there's pressure around you because of the word of God in your spirit, he says to count it all joy. Why? Because there's something that you know. There is something that you know. Knowing this. That the trying of your faith worketh patience. Nobody, you know, sees examination as a downfall. If you see it that way, you are not a good student. Examination is a step to the next level. Are we together? So you will be tested. What is upstairs will be tested. And then you pass that exam, you move from where you are to the next class. That's how it works. Amen. You move on. You move up. So when challenges come your way, you know something that the word of God is already in your spirit. And so the enemy is trying to put pressure on you so you can give up the word. But listen very carefully. You refuse to give up the word of God. You refuse to give it up. And you say, Lord, thank you for your word is working in me. So you count it all joy. In your accounting, it is now joy. People wonder, how come this person who is under pressure is rejoicing in the midst of the pressure? What is happening here? He knows something that they do not know. He knows something that, you know, people around don't know. You know something. Knowing this, that the trying of your faith works patience. So you hold on to God's word and God's word is holding on to you at the same time because you are not going to give up on God's word and so God's word will not give up on you. Are you following what I'm saying here? He says, knowing this, that the trying of your faith work at patience. Hallelujah. I was saying to one young lady one time, I said, what I've noticed with your life is the cycle of having money at a particular level, has been very enduring in your life. It shows you've not passed the test. For some people, if you want to take their joy away, all right, take money from them. They will be sad. Why? Because they have not learned to live without money. Now, if you have not learned to live without money, who will give you more money? God wants you to have money. But doesn't want money to have you. You are just low on cash and you can't smile anymore. Don't you know the trying of your faith works patience? And say, Father, I thank you, you are my satisfaction. Father, I thank you, you are my joy. And as you begin to give thanks to God, something is worked out on the inside of you. It's called patience. Patience simply means steadfastness, patience means constancy. Patience means endurance. Are we together here? So it means that, look, it does not matter. You have learned to live independent of circumstances. It does not matter what is happening around you now. God's word is God's word to you. Period. And so you're living in the light of God's word. 
So when those things are added to you, they don't have you. They don't have you. You can part ways with millions and still go to bed and snore. Don't lose your sleep. You know that the, this, the, the recession thing that happened, you know, people lost money and, you know, in stock market and all that. There was a man that had hypertension. Two months after, the man died. All his money, you know, he put it into the thing, the thing shrank. Or I think he put in 12 million or something, or 20 million, I can't remember, or millions. And the thing shrank to, like, I think 1.2 or something. So the man, huh, they started putting <laughs> towel, you know, in cold water. If his temperature went up, there was a spike. Just went up. And he, <laughs> how much is left? He said, Jesus. So. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> you know what's happening? Are you following what I'm saying here? You know what's happening? Their trust, that man's trust is where? Is in money. And the Bible calls money on certain riches. If you put your trust in uncertain riches, you'll be disappointed. But put your trust in the living God who gives us richly all things to enjoy. Does not mean you won't have money. Don't misunderstand me. We're not preaching poverty here. But what we're saying is this. Listen very carefully. When you're going through things, don't give up on the world. It's not permanent. It's temporary. And let me tell you something. There are things your faith can't move out of the way. Your faith can only go through them. No matter how much, you know, Joseph had faith. And he couldn't move out of the way. Potiphar's house, he couldn't move the prison out of the way. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know, you, you're a faith man. Man, you're, I'm a faith man. Yeah. <laughs> well, you see, a faith man, there are things that destiny will have you go through. I'm telling you the truth. It was not the devil that led Jesus Christ into the wilderness. Who led him there? The Holy Spirit. His faith could not divert the way. He was led. So, they, see, let me tell you something. There's a path you must tread. It's called destiny path. And God would, you know, listen, there are some friends, you're believing God to come back. They will never come back. So, you better, you better open your eyes and say, look, they are not coming back. Why? God had to let them go. All right, so it could let you into your Canaan land. So, see, don't try to hook up with them again. Are you following what I'm saying here? Don't say, well, where are you now? And all that. All right, let them be. Why? If they come back, you'll go back to where you started from. Because God, before God begins to show you the boundaries of your inheritance, Lot must leave you. <laughs> Amen. And God says, now, the word of God came to Abraham. Can you see? The north, south, west, east, you know, have given everything to you. God never told him the boundary of his inheritance until Lord departed from him. Listen, there are people that must leave. 
And listen very carefully. If you try to use your faith to keep them, you're wasting your time. And that's why faith begins where the will of God is known. If you have not yet designed God's will and you're just using faith blindly, you'll be disappointed. And you will think God jilted you, whereas he did not. Are you following what I'm saying here? Praise God. So the, the trying of your faith work at patience. It now says when you get into the cycle of patience, this is how to deal with it. Be very careful. You don't hurry out of patience. It says, go on, but let patience have a perfect, complete, rounded, robust work that ye may be perfect and entire wanting nothing. Did you see that? That you may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. Praise God. I remember something happened one time. It happened to Pastor E. Adewe, but I won't say the person that did the thing. All right? If you guess. All right? But it was one of his sons. Praise God. Before the man entered into affluence, it was God, through that man, Pastor Ia Deboe, that prophesied into his life and said, you are entering into affluence. And in no time, the man entered into affluence and became very prosperous. So the time came in the ministry, he started attacking Pastor Ia Deboe, attacking him, attacking him, attacking him. He said all sorts. So they asked him, what do you think about this? He said, well... You know, we know the ABC of the Bible. They know the XYZ. All right? He's a teacher of God's word. Whatever he says, all right? It's all right. There's no problem. Now, do you think a man will get to that point where he does not respond to what people say against him, all right, without having gone through some things and he has become patient. His skin had been toughened. Mm. When you see people abusing you like this, <laughs> you're smiling and then you're going. <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. It happened there after the man came back, he prostrated and was apologizing to him and he said, well, I was never angry. <laughs> You know, God has given you a mouth and wisdom. <laughs> Keep using it. That was what he told him. And he was never angry. Amen. You know, there's a level you get to in life. Your coughing is influential. So God will fine-tune you before you get there. Power is powerful. And there's a way it intoxicates. So that you don't cut heads. Just cut them off. Fear, 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 fear. When you're angry. God will fine-tune you before you, he takes you there. Amen. Praise God. And so Joseph learned on that route. 
that it's not only his brothers that tell lies against him. Potiphar's wife can do the same. And she's done it. So, are you following what I'm saying here? So, you understand that men are men. The best of men are men. Did you hear what I just told you? Men are what? The best of men are what? Amen. So cease from man whose breath is in his nostrils. He says someone talked ill of you and all that and so what? The question is this. Have you talked ill of someone before? Be sincere. How many of us have talked ill of anybody before? Be sincere. In ignorance. Some in knowledge. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Men are men. See, don't, don't take that up against anybody. Are we together? Don't do that. Say I hear. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden you see what God is dealing with us about and on in GLT. Fine-tuning us. Fine-tuning us. And all of a sudden, boosh, there's a splash and everybody's saying, hey, what is it? What is it about them? Alright. <laughs> we have the chronicles of God's dealings with us. So we'll write First Chronicles and Second Chronicles. Some of us will write to Fourth Chronicles. Are you following what I'm saying here? Some of you have not started, you know, writing the book of Chronicles as to your life and destiny. Start writing. Amen. Come to a place where you can say, Father, I know you use men, but I would rather trust you to use them to bless me than trust men to bless me. How many of us have been disappointed before? By someone you've been disappointed. Wave your hands. Good. Tap your number say, the best of men. Yes, amen. amen. So you don't trust men, you trust God to use men. Are you following what I'm saying here? Uh-huh. So you are not moved by all that. That's why, you know, even when things happen and you just look, you just, mm, glory to God, you're dancing. Someone says, why? Knowing this, that the trine of your faith works patience. He says, but let patience have a perfect work, that ye may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. Wanting nothing. So you are so rounded. You come to a place where you have learned to live independent of situations and circumstances. Now when men are clapping for you and singing your praise, you are as calm as calm itself. Why? Those things don't move you anymore. Now when a man gets to that point where patience is now having a perfect walk, in his faith walk with God, boy, that man has got into a place of greatness in faith. You get into a place where you're so rounded and robust in your faith walk. You know, for some of you here, maybe your parents didn't send you money, who are students here, and you are angry. All right, what would the orphans do? Orphans. No, talk to me now. You see, you see that you are not really thoughtful. That's why you're angry. Those who don't have parents, all right, they want to vent their anger. Who did they vent their anger at? 
You see? Instead of turning it to prayer and thanksgiving and begin to pray to God and you begin to learn how to make intercessions, you are angry. And so when you graduate from school, all right, and then you get a job and the pay is not so good to start with, all right, are you going to go to your parents and be getting angry, your uncle, give me something and all that? What you have not learned to do now, you will now start learning it. They call for prayer meeting, you are the first to show up. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> because you didn't let your faith grow onto patient faith and you didn't let your patience become rounded when you were a student collecting money from your parents. You're angry. You scatter the place. You are threatening them. All right? Sending messages of terrorism to them. <laughs> you will see me home tomorrow and I'm not going to school again. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> For those who, who don't have uncles, you don't have parents and all that, there's nobody to go home to. <laughs> so they call on God. And that's why the Bible says, when your father and your mother forsake you, he says, then I will receive you. Be- because you are still tied to them, he has not yet received you the way he ought to. You're tied to them. You're tied to people. Tied to things. Tied to, tied, tied, tied. <laughs> For what? Someone says, are they not my parents? Yes, they are. Are they your God? Answer the question. Excuse me. Are they your God? He ah. said, well, the federal government didn't pay my salary. All right. Yes, they ought to pay you your salary. Fine. But can you translate that into prayer? And go to the Father he says, for you serve the Lord Christ. So you can go to the Lord Christ that you serve and call upon his name and say, Lord, these are my bills. And then God begins to meet your needs apart from your salary. Then you can see that all your life you have shortchanged yourself, being tied to your salary instead of trusting in the living God. So you see, we have to be patient with God's word. Receive the ministry of God's word. It's not just, you know, ah, I've done this for one week. Nothing is happening. One week, relax. You know, let me tell you something. There are some words that come into your life. Listen very carefully. They are words that the harvest time is just, some is 24 hours. Are you following what I'm saying here? For some words, it's just one week. For some words. <laughs> for example, Thus saith the Lord, you are a great minister of God. You know, that's a prophetic word. You think you'll be a great minister of God in the next 24 hours? <laughs> are you what I'm saying here? There are some prophetic words. You don't just say, they say I'm a great minister of God, and then, Shoo. no, it doesn't work that way. You have to wait and be patient. All right, for example, there's somebody here, you have pain in your ear, you're healed right now. Pam. Right there, it happens. Hey, Jesus Christ, glory to God. All right, that is called word of knowledge. There is somebody here, God is taking you through a process in life. And when you get there, you will know it. It may take another three months, it may take another six months, it may take another one year, it may take another five years. You see, 
When the word comes, you ask, which one is this one? What's, what's the harvest time? <laughs> Come on, shout hallelujah. <laughs> it's simple. What's the harvest time? You know, when I looked at you, I just saw a vision in the spirit. I see a great global evangelist. I see, I see a, a first class, world class prophet. I see a man of God of great stature. <laughs> All right, so you understand there's a prophetic word. Now, listen very carefully. You now have to be patient. Let me close on this note. Two more scriptures and then we'll close. Romans chapter 5. And then we'll go to 2 Peter chapter 1. Don't forget. Romans chapter 5. Let's start the reading here from verse 3. It says, and not only so. Let's start from verse 2, please. Thank you. By whom also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand and rejoice, rejoice in hope of the glory of God. So he says we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. And then verse 3 tells us, and not only so, but we glory in tribulations. Why? We glory in tribulations also. Knowing that, you see knowing there again, knowing this, knowing that. You remember James 1 and verse 2, you remember? 2 to 4. All right, it says knowing again. Knowing this, knowing that. Knowing that tribulation worketh what? Patience. If you don't know it, you think God is punishing you or you think life is unfair or you think your mates are ahead of you and you don't know why God is keeping you behind them. And not only so, but we glory in tribulations also, knowing that tribulation worketh patience. And then it tells us again in verse 4, and patience experience and experience hope. Can we go to NKJV? All right, New King James, quickly. Go to verse 3, New King James, quickly. Let's look at it. It says, and not only that, but we also glory in tribulations, knowing that tribulation produces what? Perseverance. If you see people who lack perseverance, all right? You know, they've been dodging or escaping trials. Instead of facing it with the right attitude, faith in God. That tribulation produces perseverance. Look at it. Then look at verse 4. It says, and perseverance, what? Character. You see, when you say that guy has strong Character. 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 He says, perseverance, that's patience. Perseverance produces character. And character, what? Hope. Hope there simply means you stay with God's plan. You stick with the plan of God. And you refuse to give up on God's agenda for your life. And then he tells us, he says in verse 5, and hope, now hope does not disappoint. Glory to God. Amen. You know, hope here gets you to that mode that you know that you know that you will not be disappointed. 
Oh, hallelujah. Because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit which was given to us. You know God loves you. He has brought you to a place. He will never let you down. Turn to your neighbor and say, I know know. my God will never let me down because he loves me. Hallelujah. (laughs) Glory to God. The word is working in me. Oh, hallelujah. Things are getting better. The word is working in me. I'm not going to abort the process. I'm not going to step out of the cycle of patience, perseverance. No. I will let patience have a perfect work in me. And let's close with 2 Peter 1 and verse 19. Let's be upstanding, everyone. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Can we read it together, everybody? Let's read it out loud. One, two, three, let's go. We have also a more sure word of prophecy, whereunto ye do well that ye take heed, as unto a light that shineth in a dark place, until the day dawn, and the day star arise in your hearts. Praise God. So he says, we, we have also a more sure word of prophecy. And he says, whereunto ye do well that ye take heed. As unto a light that shines where? In a dark place. Until. Until. Glory to God. I pray for you. You are kept by the power of God. You will not fall out of divine schedule for your life. I pray for you. You are kept by the power of the Holy Ghost. Until, 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 until. From seed time to harvest. Until. You are patient to say, look, the word has been sown into me. I'm going to reap the harvest of it. I'm following through on this plan of God for my life. I'm not going to take an alternative plan. I'm not going to go to something that is less than what God has prepared for me. I condescend my whole life to the plan of God for me. No matter how high up I think I am, I am going to lower myself and my mind. I will humble myself and receive God's plan for me. I'm not going to confer with flesh and blood. The word of God is working in me. Something has happened on the inside. I will see that thing through. I will see that thing through. The harvest is coming forth. I will see it through. By the grace of God, I am kept by the power of God. I'm not going to take that route that the enemy is showing me. I'm not going to opt out of God's plan for me. I will not confer with flesh and blood. Open your mouth and begin to pray. This is my resolution by grace. I am kept by the power of God. 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 I follow through. Step by step. I follow through. The seed of God's word is sown into my heart. The harvest will come undoubtedly. Hope will not disappoint. Because God loves me. He loves me. And I know 
that I love him too, walking with him. And I know all things are working together for my good. I know his grace is sufficient for me. And I know his power is working in me. And I know his will is done in my life. And no, no, no.